0: Hello everyone and welcome to the podcast. You're listening to Pop That Mama and this is part two of Beth and James's birth story. So when Beth was facing the pressure to induce, I pointed her in the direction of midwife and birth activist, Kemi Johnson, as she is making a lot of noise about this issue of induction and I knew she would be able to help. So Kemi has responded to Beth's story via voice notes so we do have permission to publish this and Beth really feels that Kemi's words has completed her story so enjoy listening
1: hello lovely Beth honestly you're such a powerhouse you really are I really loved listening to the, the podcast i really did i think that's the best account of uh, birth and all the nuances of it that i've ever heard and really helpful i will keep it as one of my tools for people when they're um, traversing pregnancy and their caregivers and making decisions etc bloody awesome really glad you put in the complaints too um, what I would say is um, having me being having had a cesarean for my first birth as well is, and, and those feelings um, of failure, which of course we didn't, um, it's because we are missing a rite of passage. So the way we articulate it is as we, we feel like we failed, but it's, it, it is simply that it is a rite of passage that we as women crave and have to have and you know and and we get dismissed as well the baby's healthy the baby's great so you know forget about it and we can't because it's a rite of passage and most of us if we get pregnant and grow babies we expect to complete that cycle with a vaginal birth and bringing our baby straight to our breast um, and for it to all happen in privacy and silence. So, when I, you know, the things I was thinking about, if you don't mind me saying, um, I will put in the next message. So, uh, the first thing that, I, I mean, obviously, um, you didn't fail, you, the system failed you. Even if, you know, all the stars had lined, and then your birth had ended with a caesarean, you'd feel differently about it you have questions and it's because there's, there's so many things that make me sad so first of all i hadn't realized that you were accepting membrane sweeps membrane sweeps are inductions you just can't dress it up it's an induction and every time a membrane sweep is performed it dislodges the mucus plug and your mucus plug actually isn't it isn't there by accident it's there it has white cells in it antibodies and they eat any pathogens that are trying to come towards the baby so you, you you didn't thankfully i guess because your state of health is amazing didn't mention that there was any talk of infection or anything but these people putting their hand inside of your vagina four times just narrowly missed the well and then probably more times in labor. Um, so there was some evidence that came out last year, very good evidence to show that five vaginal examinations or more correlate, no causation, Did they, I'm not sure it was correlation or causation. Oh, strong correlation with infection um, of the baby having an infection following birth, and then needing to receive antibiotics, etc. So they placed you on that path without one telling you that every time they put the hand inside of you, they were inducing your labour, despite the fact that you said you didn't want to be induced, and two exposing you and your baby to a higher risk of infection. So I'll find out the exact numbers because you and James clearly bloody clever and like to crunch data. So just just for the next time, if you're if you're because I I really hope it's people like you that we want to be parents. <laughs> it's amazing. Um, so if you when you're planning your next baby, just so you you don't uh, permit these clinicians to expose you and your baby to so many risks. Um, Also, by breaking your waters, um, basically what they're doing is they're setting in motion uh, a a scenario that potentially could mean inefficient um, contractions, um, poor progress simply because of the position of your baby. So say that they're so anxious to get your labour started, they needed to work with you on positions. So basically, there's nothing wrong with being pregnant for 43 and a half weeks, 44 weeks. Honestly, there isn't. Um, it's unusual, but it, it doesn't necessarily mean there's anything wrong. But the, the, the best thing you can do, if, if you're thinking, oh, I wonder why this pregnancy is lasting as long as it is, is to really check position. So um, the best thing, you know, a renowned chiropractor or osteopath, I know you're a physiotherapist, but a renowned um, chiropractor or osteopath um, to really check, um, which I think you can do too, of course, but um, uh, uh, pelvic alignment um, and particularly the intuitive osteopaths um, to see what your body is saying about the alignment of the baby um, and the position of the baby, because then um, by optimising that, labor would have well labor would start spontaneously anyway yeah so so labor always starts spontaneously no one has been pregnant forever but um yeah it it may that that would be a more useful thing for you to do with every woman uh, if she's inquiring about where her baby is rather than kick-starting the process where potentially um you know, you, um, you were in, you were progressing for 14 hours, which isn't very long. A lot of inductions last 72, 96 hours, so um, it wasn't very long. But it may have meant that that hold up that appeared to happen at seven centimeters was just your baby trying to tuck his head in and complete a rotation. And when he's trying to do that, sometimes it can affect the heart rate. So because your all of your clinicians were out of their comfort zone, which is a shame because if they understood physiological birth and understood the process, then they wouldn't be so nervous. Um, because they were at their comfort zone, they were looking for every opportunity to ham up the risks and, and proceed to a caesarean. So even though I haven't seen the notes, because this is such a common story, um, particularly first time parents, um, and because your baby came out in In great health it it, it, it kind of proves that he was great all along your lovely strong Hamish and that your clinicians bailed on you so that's why I don't want you to see it as having failed and you know five years ago I would not be so direct but because I'm doing so many sessions now with birth reflections I know they bailed on you so if you were to ask well No, I'm not gonna say that. I'm gonna confirm what I think you know, that this is the the next time, it's gonna be all about who you have around you. And it's almost, uh, it would be very good for you to really only accept the appointments where you want the information, not to pacify your caregivers or to stay a good girl. I really hope that you have now the strength you can see that you can grow babies to 43 and a half weeks and they come out you know in full effect even though they were kind of forced out early and I know you know people think early but honestly the babies grow for as long as they grow and I know they're around for up to 45 weeks so I'm, I, I'm feeling that you as a clinician yourself are aware that not all midwives are made equal, not all obstetricians are made equal, and uh, you can trust yourself. And like you said, your grandmother, um, you know, carried for a little longer too. Some people do, some people grow taller, some people have longer penises, some people have bigger breasts. It's, there is variation in humanity, and I, I uh, yeah yeah you you deserved better thankfully you have the most tremendous partner um but having a healthy baby you've got your healthy hamish it isn't all that matters and you're now feeling that and i felt the same so i can i really understand how you feel we do learn um well not everyone does but you're a thinking woman and you've got an amazing partner who thinks with you so you have the chance to learn the lessons much quicker um, I, I honestly um, feel sometimes like our first children are like pioneers like like you know they take a special it's a special calling and they take this journey for, with some of us um, like my first he was the one that you know had the induction followed by cesarean then all the vaccines i didn't ask a simple question about what they were suspended in or risks and um now to find out that black boys are at particular risk from mmr and dtap but no one told me these clinicians jabbed my son and didn't tell me so i i i've just done the journey i'm not talking about anything that i haven't um, fallen for myself, if you get what I mean. So, um, and the birth centres as well. Birth centres are touted as being um, a really good option, and people think it's a safer option. But it's got neither got all the bells and whistles of the labour ward, nor has it completely got the safety and sanctity of home. And also, you don't know who you're going to get on the day. And there's that groupthink again. So you know they all kind of make each other a bit fearful of completely standing with a woman. And if you do stand with a woman, you stand out and then get bullied within the services truth is you prepared so hard i i would not have been able to to identify a more prepared couple and you waited so long i know people that you know this the pressure starts at 40 weeks and they've caved by the middle of the 41st week you were not that you you, sh- you should be very proud of yourselves because you gave Hamish a chance you know he when he was born by cesarean he was the strongest he could be you know you really gave him a chance um the thing about these things that you know people like you and i and and probably james as well will 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 think about is the fact that he definitely would not have had his full blood complement. and we know that um you know with regards to the best that you can give your child um their their whole blood complement is, is a really nice thing to have when you're starting life on earth but you know hamish is strong and you me james probably we definitely didn't get our full blood compliment, and look how magnificent we are it's just that i know that we'd all be even more magnificenter if we'd had our full blood complement um so it's just you wanted the best for Hamish and you did your absolute best. You were failed by your clinicians, like really roundly failed. So personally for me, um, not that you've asked, but for the next time, I, I think that um, you two are well prepared. You know, you're strong. You know, you make strong babies with James. Um, you've really, really got to the peace about who is around you. You've got to nail down somebody you trust you know prepare for that and keep them close you if you need anyone around you, you just need one person So pick your person and make sure you can trust
2: them wow i think listening to this really brings to mind the concept of consent and in anything that is done to you in cases like this It should always be with your fully informed consent. And informed being, you know, all the risks, pros and cons. And looking back, I definitely wasn't fully aware of what a sweep truly was initially, being an induction method. I mean, they talk to you about a different date, like setting a date for induction. Like it is a completely different thing and literally a sweep is swept under the carpet. And I feel throughout my pregnancy, I was so proactive and informing myself. Perhaps if I had looked into induction at an earlier stage, I would have known more to allow me to make more informed decisions about everything. And in future, I would probably decline sweeps knowing now the infection risks associated. And this really shows how vulnerable particularly first-time mums are by not necessarily being fully informed about procedures. And I do feel vindicated in a sense by Kemi's words as I did feel in my heart that Hamish and I could have probably done this without the need for a C-section and had our rite of passage. But that would have had to probably been in the right hands And I think that would have been impossible, given the circumstances. And yes, it probably was the system throughout that I was having to battle with, more laterally, that did fail and not me. I think that's quite a powerful thing to feel about the situation. And I guess the system is working within its current confines. And opinions do seem so varied and it's a complicated thing and really I don't necessarily want to um I don't really want to dis healthcare in any way I can't think of any other way to say that like I don't I I respect the the healthcare system for what it is but there always is room for improvement. And I do feel it's so hard to say no, particularly when pressured, as we have discussed. I actually wouldn't change what happened though, and like really I wouldn't change what happened if I could, as hopefully so much learning and development can come from stories of lived experience like this. And I'll definitely consider all the facts in my next pregnancy and birth. Uh, No regrets and onward and upward. (laughs) These stories are definitely needed and needed to be out there to try to start our own cascade of intervention for change. And in the end, I really did have a positive experience of my birth with Hamish.
0: Thank you so much. Beth and Kemi. Wow, wow, wow. I have no doubts that these podcasts are going to help so many women in the future. So thank you so much for your contribution. Guys, head over to Instagram and follow Kemi and Beth. I'm sure they would love to hear from you. So do drop them a message. And as always, I'm on Instagram, pop that mama. If you've enjoyed these podcasts, do leave a review on Apple. We would love to hear from you. Thank you so much. Bye bye.